0: doesn't take much time for someone to be in the workforce to be gainfully employed before they develop what I call a bad boss story. Do you have a bad boss story? <laughs> I bet you do. I bet even in this era where you might still be at work, you're wondering, just with the tension in your own workplace as to what's going to happen with your job. Are your employers really looking after you or are they only looking after themselves in this era of of this pandemic where people are being furloughed and let go at rates unseen since the Great Depression? (laughs) Makes us wonder whether our employers are for them or whether they're for us. We've seen a lot of stories of that actually in the news, especially in the early days as the Uh, Just the reality and the crisis started to unfold locally in the news. Uh, We saw Amazon and other companies under fire for requiring their workers to come to work and even hospitals struggling, scrambling to get their employees uh, personal protective equipment and people going on the news and saying, this isn't what I signed up for, but if I don't show up to work, I'll just be let go and I won't have any benefits whatsoever. But my employers aren't getting me the PPE that I need in order to do my job safely. And people want hazard pay and just all those requirements. We've seen businesses get become under fire or be put under fire because they applied for those business loans. When they're large businesses, we assume with large coffers, war chests, for just these kinds of emergencies and crises, and yet they're taking money away out of mom-and-pop shops, little businesses that are right in our backyard. And of course, some of those businesses even turned around and returned that money, just so that they didn't have to face public scorn and ridicule, and just the bad press that developed from that. And then, of course, there's the story of Brett Crozier, the Navy captain, who had an outbreak of covid-19 on his navy ship and he reported it to his supervisors who did nothing did not seem to take it seriously and so he reported it to the news saying we've got this crisis we've got to get our we've got to get our navy officers help we've got to get our navy seamen help we've got to get them what they need and then he was transferred removed from his leadership on the ship he was stripped of his captaincy. Now, of course, just recently it seems that he'll be getting that back, but it it makes you wonder what kind of people do we actually work for, and what do you do when it comes to having a bad boss? Well, as Christians, that's an important question for us to answer. Whether we're in a pandemic and we're thankful to still be at work, or whether we're Uh, now being furloughed and wondering what's next for us, what kind of an employer do we have, and what's coming next. Or whether we're in a good situation, whether we're, we're in a good job. Because submission is actually the best sign that we can give and show to others that Jesus Christ is our living hope. And it especially comes for our superiors for those who employ us, for those who are our supervisors, for those who are our direct reports and our managers. Look what Peter says in First Peter chapter 2, verse 18, to the exiled Christians who are wondering, how should we respond to those masters who are treating us poorly? And he says this in verse 18, Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. He's writing in a world where people would often enter voluntarily into slavery because they had debts that there was no other way that they could pay. And when they entered into those relationships, when they entered into those contracts, when they entered into slavery, they became the property of the master legally. They became uh, lock, stock, and barrel owned by their master. And their master could treat them however they want. They They could beat them. They could punish them. They could harass them. They could brutalize them. And far, far worse. And Peter says, Christian, in the middle of that, submit. Now, we don't have slavery today, but we understand what bad bosses are. People who just want to flex their muscles and show how powerful they are. They want to demonstrate that, you know, they kind of prove that they're out for them versus, you know, looking out for for you and for, for your best benefit. I remember when I was selling consumer electronics my assistant manager, came up to me after a number of my personal friends had come into the store and bought some products over a couple of days and said, hey, when are you going to share some customers with me? I had only been on the job for two to three weeks, and instead of congratulating me that I had used my personal network to gain business and some commissions, he said, hey, where's my piece of the pie? And maybe you face that too when a coworker gets an advancement over you. Or when someone else is showing favor instead of you. Or when you're let go just because you're older now and you carry too much of a price tag in your salary, so we're going to bring in someone younger because of the bottom line. Or maybe the boss, maybe your manager, maybe your direct supervisor, really is just looking out for themselves instead of you. We know what this is like. We know what this feeling is like. So why would God command us to do this? No matter whether our boss is good, no matter whether our boss is bad, submit to them. Well, there's two reasons why. And the first reason is this, because when we submit to bosses, even bad bosses, we prove grace in our lives. Look at verse 18. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. You're showing grace. You're showing grace just in the way that God showed grace to you. And when you live like God, when you live like grace, God notices that and He rewards that. You're not waiting for others to show you respect before you respect them. You're not waiting for others to honor you before you honor them. You've already been honored by God. And so you can act like God has treated you by grace. And that is the way God has treated us. Uh, one of the commentaries uh, that I read, one of the authors said, uh, we really understand the Christian in this situation understands that he shows his confidence in God's justice. He need not avenge himself, even when he's treated, mis- uh, even when he's treated unfairly. He also shows that his service is not really forced, but voluntary. He is willing to serve his master for, his own, for the Lord's sake and even to, even to honor him for the Lord's sake because his master cannot enslave him. He is Christ's slave. He cannot humiliate him for he has humbled himself in willing subjection. And what's really happening here is that Peter is learning to apply and to teach those who want to follow Jesus what he himself learned from the Lord Jesus. And it is, that it is this, it's the privilege of the sons and the daughters of the Most High God to live and act like their Heavenly Father. To live like like they're merciful because their Heavenly Father is merciful. And what Peter says here is that this is something that is commended by God, means that God is watching. God is watching. Right now, I'm talking to a camera, and you're watching this. Sometimes you'll have your uh, laptop on for work, and you'll be required to call in on a Zoom conference call, maybe. You'll check in with your bosses or your coworkers. You know what it's like to have the camera on, and you know what it's like to, you know, make sure that you're presentable for work. And, you know, the joke is that a lot of people are showing up in sweatpants from the camera down, from the waist down, and then from the waist up, they're all business. Their hair's is done, if, you know, makeup's done, or, or they've shaved and everything like that. What Peter is saying to us is that because we have a Heavenly Father who has treated us with grace, and He is watching that we can treat others with grace, regardless of how they treat us. It doesn't matter how they treat us, just always respond with grace to them. And a way to do that, I think, is just to pretend that the camera's always on. You know, I read uh, an article earlier this week that there were a few businesses that were actually installing software on company computers, on laptops, that went uh, home with the employees as they worked from home, so that their camera, their webcam, was always on. And that their keyboard was being monitored so that if all of a sudden they stopped putting inputs into the keyboard, then they would be flagged that they weren't working in some way. Now, that sounds really over-the-top to me. But in reality, for us as Christians, that's a great way to consider that our lives are always on. We're always in front of the camera. It's not that we're, we're acting. It's not that we're performing. It's simply that we belong to God. We are His children. And so we act like Him. And since He has treated us with grace, and we understand this through the gospel, we treat others with grace, regardless of how they treat us. Now, in today's era, that doesn't mean that if you continually get mistreated at work that you can't politely step back from that job and you can't go find other work. But this pandemic is actually very similar. It gives us a little bit of a, an insight into what it would have been like to be a slave, to be employed back in those days. And so we get a little bit of a sense of how you couldn't change jobs then. The risk of changing jobs today, of course, is that there may be no job to go to and so you hold on to what you have. But that's kind of what it was like back then. And so Peter says, look, it doesn't matter how your boss treats you. You can be the one who brings grace to them, grace to that company, and grace to that culture reminds me of the, the TV show, Undercover Boss. If you've ever caught that on television, you always saw that those employees as the boss dressed up as sort of the new hire, the new trainee, they were never treated poorly. They were always treated with respect and they were always taught that the culture was this is this is the great company that you get to represent. I'm sure there was a little bit of grandstanding simply because it would have been weird to have all the cameras around video, videoing everything. And so uh, the person who didn't know that this was the boss in disguise certainly would have been, you know, making sure that they weren't saying anything that was caught on video. But that's that's kind of what I'm I'm hinting at. That's what I mean, is that you and I can always be thinking that, hey, the camera's always on. God is always watching. Am I, not in a guilt way, not in a guilt-ridden way, but am I always conscious of the grace that has been given to me from my Heavenly Father, and am I extending that to others? And here's the amazing thing. What God sees and commends, He always rewards. And so, how do we How does God reward grace? If submitting to unjust bosses, evil bosses, bad bosses, proves grace in your life, well, how does God reward that kind of grace? Well, it's the second thing that Peter says, and that is this. Submitting to unjust bosses, submitting to bad bosses, proves that Jesus is in your life. Look at what he says in verse 21. To this, to this suffering, to this submission, you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He, Jesus, committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. And when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he trusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls." Submitting to unjust, bad bosses doesn't just prove grace in your life. It proves and pursues Jesus in your life. What do I mean by that? Well, I think sometimes we make following Jesus as simple as we possibly can. We make it about the things that aren't too hard to do. They're hard, but they're not too, too hard. We, we focus on the things like Bible reading. And Bible reading is good. You'll never hear me say that you shouldn't read your Bible. We make it about prayer. We make it about church ministry that you should get involved in a ministry, that you should join a group. You should join a growth group. You should get into a a smaller knit group of Christians for community and accountability and accelerated pursuit of Christ together. And you'll hear about giving. You'll hear about Uh, sacrificing for God financially, which in our era where we have more discretionary income than all of the rest of the world and all other eras of history, it's not really that hard. But there's an important thing about pursuing Jesus that will come to every follower of Jesus, and that is suffering. Peter said that Jesus suffered not only as a gift to us, but as an example for us. I mean, when we think about suffering, what we need to remember is this key point. Suffering in the hands of God, for the purposes of God, is never so bad in his hands. Look at Look at what Jesus endured and look at what we gained. Christ's sacrifice is a gift for us. It becomes then an example for us. It was his pain for our gain. Jesus chose not to sin. Jesus chose not to deceive when he was treated badly, when he was treated unfairly. He didn't retaliate from the insults. He didn't threaten others when he suffered. And at the end of his earthly life, when he died on the cross, he did what you and I should do and do every day in our lives. He said, into your hands, I commit my spirit. That's how we can endure Suffering from the hands of bad bosses because we know that suffering in the hands of God is never a bad thing, and we only have to look at the example of Jesus and what His sacrifice, what His suffering accomplished for us. I mean, let's face it, because of His suffering, because of His submission, we have eternal life. We get to know Jesus personally, we get to know our Heavenly Father personally, all because of his pain for our gain. Do you know who knows that really well? Moms do. Mothers do. For nine months, they carried you around in their body, and some of them went through excruciating labor for long periods of time. And every one of them would not trade that for the world. Because it was for you. Moms know what it's like to suffer. And they know how suffering can turn into something good. And Christian, you don't just have the example of your mom. Your moms, we love them, but we, we know there's, they've made mistakes. Our best example... Is Jesus. Jesus's pain became our gain. And what Peter is saying is that imagine that our pain can become someone else's gain. What if God were to use the way that you were treated and yet you still submitted because you were confident that God could use this to bring His grace into the life of your boss? the life of your coworker or maybe even the life of your company wouldn't that be an amazing transformation we may think sometimes that god doesn't care when we suffer but in reality god cares more than you know because god suffered more than we could imagine all of the sin of all people for all time and eternity placed on his shoulders so that we could know grace and forgiveness and eternal life. That is the example that you and I are called to follow. And when we do that, when we submit, when we prove that grace is in our life, when we prove and pursue Jesus with our life, God is watching. And when God sees Jesus in us, the level of sacrifice, that Jesus himself portrayed when he said, into your hands I commit my spirit, not my will, but your will be done. Imagine what God will do through you. Submitting to bad bosses proves grace in your life and proves Jesus in your life. Here's some questions to consider just as we close. First question. How would you describe your current working relationship with your employer or supervisor? Number two, do you find it easy or difficult to submit at work regardless of how you are treated? And the third, what is one thing you can do this week to show grace to your current or your former boss? Submitting to our bosses. Our employers, our supervisors, whether they're good or bad, makes you a grace-proving, Jesus-pursuing person. Don't just talk the talk. Walk the walk. His walk. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we struggle with submitting to authority at the best of times. And when it comes to people at work who are our direct reports, who we answer to, who maybe haven't treated us well, it becomes even harder. But Lord, you're watching. And Lord, would you help us to live the same way that you have treated us, that before we loved you, before we had surrendered to you, you loved us and submitted to for us you took on our sin you showed us grace and offered us eternal life when we did not deserve it and so i pray that you would help us especially with those who tell us what to do and we don't like what when and what we're told to do that we would prove that we are people of grace that we belong to you and we know that you'll reward that and you'll reward that by using our surrender our submission our suffering in the same way you use Jesus' suffering. So would you help us, Lord, to submit to our employers, our direct reports and our supervisors for your sake, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.